Hello everyone, I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is episode 5 of season 3. And Happy New Year, Manny. Happy New Year, Wyo. <laughs> Boy, 2020 was a crazy ride. Do you see a change in 2021? Nah, it usually doesn't when the calendar flips, so I'm not exp- I don't have any high hopes. <laughs> it's been a strange year. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are looking for a date to just just say the clock has turned. Mhm. Hopefully things are different. I, it's just it's weird. Who knows. It's just been weird. You had just sent me a news story about somebody who got kicked out of Yellowstone Park because they were boiling chickens in the thermal vents for their dinner. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think that was going to happen in 2019. I think that's a 2020 thing. It's a little wackadoodle. And people are kind of (laughs) crazy. I think they're losing it. But wow, that was really smart. (laughs) The, The chicken thing? I mean, if you're hungry. You get creative. Well, and he's facing fines. <laughs> and, and all I'm thinking is that I want to have him on the podcast. If, if <laughs> Like, I want to talk to this guy. No. Like, I think he would be an interesting interview. Because, yeah, that's a Florida man level stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, n- another thing about New Year's is it's a good time to reassess and get back to basics. And I think that's what we're going to do with this episode. It's just a fundamental cornerstone of our lifestyle and people like us, the community as a whole, who are kinky people. But I would I would say that this topic can also be controversial. Not because we disagree on the importance of it, Mm -hmm. but we we can very much disagree disagree on the definition of it. Well, it certainly brings up controversy, controversies in that, you know, things happen and then they have to be resolved, ass- resolved and assessed. And so let's let's do a deep dive on this one specific negotiated topic. Yep, we're talking consent, and we, well, I at least I don't want to speak for you. Happen to like the format that. Planned Parenthood uses, and it's called the Fries Model, and each of the letters stands for different things, and I think it it's a really well-rounded explanation of what consent should look like. So we'll I, go down the list here. I agree, but let's, before we get to that, mm-hmm. I think we should cover a couple broader topics okay. related to it, and then we'll throw around the details. All right. All right, first and foremost, within the BDSM community, virtually every person preaches and believes in the value and the importance of consent. Mm-hmm. It is a core tenet of our lifestyle. Right. There's no disagreeing there. I mean, you, there's always random people. Mm-hmm. But... If you've never been part of our community, you would probably be surprised to realize how much somebody who has a reputation as a consent violator is shunned by the community, ostracized, their actions are made public, 
their their name can be shared to dungeons or groups in the surrounding cities to protect other people. Mm-hmm. They are not a welcome part of this community. Right. One question you might ask is, well, if they violate a consent, does the community take steps towards legal action? And that's a tricky one because a lot of what we would consider consent violation may or may not line up with local laws. Right. So let's start by saying that there's two different, well, there's many definitions of consent, but two broad definitions of consent. One is the legal definition, and one is the moral and ethical mm-hmm. definitions, uh, plural. Mm-hmm. Let's start legal. So we're not lawyers. We can't tell anybody what's actually legal and not legal except for... Yeah, do not take an audio <laughs> recording of our podcast into court as your defense. <laughs> no. You are in deep trouble if you do. The reason why it's tough legally, A, is because if you're not a lawyer and you, and you don't understand how the letter of the law works, you like you don't stand a chance. Well, it's also subject to interpretation by the judge and the jury. So Well, it's it's not just interpretation, it's precedent. Mm-hmm. What happened with a similar case before, that set precedent to what these words and definitions mean. Mm-hmm. And what is is, Mr. Bill. Right. Mm-hmm. So like navigating that it's impossible unless you're in that field. You got to be an attorney. Right. Not only that, the definition of consent can vary from state to state. And jurisdiction to jurisdiction, so... Absolutely. Like, people may be surprised to learn that you cannot consent to battery. You cannot consent to being physically struck in certain, or I don't know if it's many or a few, but I know for sure there are some places where... You it's cannot not consent. none, whatever it is. It's, it's... not none. Uh-huh. Now, I think the reason for that law is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I know why that law exists. It, it exists because some guy beats the crap out of his wife. The wife is scared of her husband. She goes up on the stand. She's looking at him from across the courtroom. He told her to say, I wanted to be beaten. She's going to sit there and look at the jury and say, I wanted to be beaten. Mm-hmm. And if you were allowed to consent to that, then abuse could run rampant. You have enough control over the abused, the abuser could get away with a lot. So that law is, I think, in place to protect victims. To protect and victims. that's not a bad thing. Not at all. Right. However, by that definition, mm-hmm. a consensual BDS scene among two people who are into this. Your traditional sadist and masochist get together and make magic. Mm -hmm. That's breaking the law in some jurisdictions. Right. You, we've made a whole uh, podcast about how you are are treating your fibromyalgia with Mm -hmm. BDSM. Mm -hmm. There's articles about it in Psychology Today. I mean, they're studying this at the highest level. Scientists and psychologists are studying that while simultaneously the people that are treating fibromyalgia this way are breaking the law breaking Could consent potentially laws be, yeah. potentially be depending on where they are right so the legal part 
is hard. Mm-hmm. So I think we just start by saying, don't screw with it. Right. If you don't know what the laws are in your area. Find out. Find out. And if you choose to break them, such as if battery's not consensual, but you're into BDSM with your partner, be aware that comes with risks. In, in other words, those pictures on your cell phone of that scene that you did last week mm-hmm. might be hot to you, but that is also incriminating evidence to a prosecutor. Right. So be careful. Be careful. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you are a non-consensual abuser, I hope the prosecutor finds your phone <laughs> and uses those against you. Right. We, we are not recommending ways to circumvent the law unethically. Right. But if you're part of our community, this is just one of the things we do. Mm-hmm. And now, have you heard, like the letter of the law says you're a consent violator, but have you heard of somebody in the BDSM community actually being prosecuted for consensual a consensual scene or is this something that they have the right to because a lot of laws are on the books right and you say did you know in alabama it's still illegal to do but it doesn't mean anybody's been prosecuted in 50 years right so have you heard about anybody yeah n- nothing of note recently that that you've heard mm-hmm but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen it doesn't mean it, it, it no it can it can for sure happen yeah. all it takes is one prosecutor with an agenda. Mm-hmm. So, you, or for somebody to get jaded over something and decide to press charges. It just depends on what happens. And, you know, it's just kind of part of the risk of is. making these kind of decisions with your life. And it's what we want to do with our lives. I mean, so. I think in some communities, swinging is illegal because you're having sex with someone, not your partner. And yeah, I know there are states where sodomy is illegal. Like right. having anal sex with your husband or wife is illegal in some places. Mm-hmm. But just be aware if you're doing something that breaks the law, you might be responsible for your actions at some point. And even if it's unfair and nobody in the community agrees, yeah. you're not going to change the law mid prosecution. That's not the way it works. All right, so the legal part, that's about as deep of a dive as I think we can go there. Yeah, protect yourself. Protect yourself. Be aware. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the morals and ethics mm-hmm. of consent. You would think that would almost be more clear cut because there's not different states where people have different morals. We all have the morals and ethics of consent. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is still, there can't be some gray area as far as the ethics of it, as far as a person able, at what point is a person able to make rational adult decisions? Well, not just that, but even if you never get to the point where you're legally charged, there's ethical and moral lines that people will use against you in your career, in your family situations. You know, there's just, when people think something's wrong, even if they can't press charges on you, they can still make it hard for you to exist in a community or in your family structure 
I've, I've even heard, like, some people use it against the other in, like, divorce situations and stuff like that. Oh, my so. God. No. In custody battles? Mm-hmm. I mean, people take the gloves off. Right. And it can get ugly. Even and, if they can't prove it, they can throw accusations. Can yeah. And, and it can be, it can be detrimental it to can. your character. It can. The perception of your character, anyway. So, and actually... I think we could just go down this consent list. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go down it because that the, what we're talking about at first is the first one on there. Yeah. So the Planned Parenthood Fry's model. The Fry's model mm-hmm. is uh, F R I E S stands for freely given, reversible. reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. Mm-hmm. Now I'll start by saying I have a pet peeve against these types of things because um, <laughs> I know it's not technically an acronym. I think there's a different word for it, but the people always try to make up a word. You're, you're sometimes you're fitting your definitions in order to make a word. Like when someone says, these are the seven R's of something. And they come up with seven words that start with the letter R for a situation. And it's like, yeah, what are the odds that all seven most important things start with R? Like, you're forcing it. I made up one for my son when he was younger. He wanted um, a certain kind of pet. And I told him that we had a no R rule. <laughs> and so he's, uh, I said, rodents and reptiles were off the table. And so he said, what about a spider? And I said, that's a arachnid. And that's an R, too. <laughs> oh, God. That's... Well, that's where, you know, you know, you get, as a parent, you just get to make you up You just the rules. get to make shit up. <laughs> right. That's like reading, writing, and arithmetic. Arithmetic. Yep. All right. So, when I heard that there was a, a quote acronym misused <laughs> for, the, for the word consent, I was a bit skeptical. Mm-hmm. But I think it's actually... I like this one. It's I think not this, forced. This but... one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little bit of creativity because for each of these... Five, there are multiple words that you can, you can use to describe it, which gives sure. you some good, So it's not bad. Well, and some of them are a little bit broad, but we'll go into that. Yeah. All right. So starting with the F is freely given. Consent should be freely given. That's... Now, this is where there can be, there, there can be some disagreements. Because, mm-hmm. for example, when someone's been drinking. Mm-hmm. Are they freely giving consent? Well, I think most people would agree. If you're an adult who's had a beer, you can freely give consent. And I think most people would agree that if you have 12 shots and pass out, you cannot. Right. The line of where you are freely giving, that's subjective. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no way to define that. Right. The... I think it gets tricky because I think a lot of people would argue that when you're an adult and you make adult decisions such as to consume alcohol, that you are responsible for the choices that you make. Because you made choices to drink to begin with when you were sober. Therefore, everything you did under the influence... Was a choice. Mm -hmm. An easiest example. You cannot say... I'm sorry I drove drunk and caused that accident. I never would have driven drunk, but I was intoxicated, so I wasn't capable of making a rational decision about drinking and driving. Right. 
I think it's pretty accepted at this point. You should have made that decision before you drank. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet if someone went to court and could prove that they got caused an accident drinking and driving because they didn't make a good choice, if they could prove that they had been held down and had shots of whiskey th- against their will poured down their throat, they probably wouldn't be held liable for that decision because they didn't choose to to be in the state for the bad decision, right? Mm. So we, we accept the fact that you can make those decisions. And I think that people, when it comes to not just BDSM, but like sex in general, can can make that same stance. Well, she was drunk, but she's making choices because she chose to go to the bar and get drunk. She chose to she chose to be in that position. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're talking just strictly from a point of morals and ethics, I think that you, if you have, if you're not intoxicated you should be able to understand that that choice has not been freely given mm-hmm. at a point. I mean, again, one glass of wine, it's not the same thing. But I think that that's, I don't know. I, I guess I get, maybe it's a pet peeve because I'm not a drinker, but I think it's just douchey. <laughs> <laughs> To take advantage of someone when they've been drinking, even if you could dig your heels in and say, they're grown adults, they can choose to drink. Mm-hmm. Why the hell do you want to play with somebody that is in that state? Or that might only be making this decision, they would never sleep with you if they were sober. Well, guess what? Then maybe you should go to the gym and get a better job, and maybe they will. Mm-hmm. Don't count on them being drunk to make that decision. Like, you're not... I don't think... Like, I think you can recognize that that's not freely given, even if by the, whatever legal definition, mm-hmm. they've, made a, they've made a decision that would be considered consensual. But that doesn't mean that you can't make a wiser decision because you're not in that state. That's just sex in general. Right. When you're in BDSM, I think you shouldn't play with someone if they've been drinking, period. Unless you're in a relationship with someone and drinking is part of you and your partner's dynamic, hey, this is your home. Do You're free to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But, but I know but, coming from a community, the, the dungeons where I was playing <clears throat> before COVID, there was no alcohol uh, rules in place. So if you were going to be drinking even just a glass of wine or whatever you brought, they were already... Bring your own uh, spaces. There wasn't like a bar on premise to serve you. But if you were going to be drinking, it was on. It was on the rule book that your play was done for the night. You were allowed to be there. You could have yeah. drinks and, and socialize. Right. But you were no longer playing. I think that's the right rule. I mean, first off, the dom or the top I shouldn't say dom top. Like, shouldn't be drinking, period, because they have to be sharp. Well, you need to be responsible and, for and, yourself and your bottom. But there's, but that's not a consent right. question. The consent question is the bottom making those decisions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if the person's fucked up, their choices aren't being freely given. And right. I, I agree with that. Well, there's also a liability issue on the part of the play space owner. But aside from that, there's even, like, you know, you're the possibility that you're going to walk through somebody else's scene when you're intoxicated, like, it's just not that, you know, you're going to drink, go sit over there and stay out of the play space now. And I'll even add to this, Mm -hmm. as far as being responsible. 
let's say, for example, that you fully believe that when a person's drinking, that they are grown-ups and that was their choice. And let's say that you also know that the laws of your state say that if they say yes, even though they're intoxicated, that you are not legally violating consent. In other words, you're not going to get in legal trouble. In other words, it's not even violating your own personal ethics. Mm -hmm. You can't judge someone else's ethics. Even if you're in that position, you should not play with someone when they're messed up because how do you know that they aren't going to consent and then simply regret their decision later, (laughs) but in that regret, point the finger at you and call you a consent violator and raise a stink and hurt your reputation and create drama and trouble for you. So even if you don't think you're doing anything wrong and you think you got the law on your side, you're still making a bad decision mm-hmm. putting yourself in that position because that's not someone you want to play with. They're not in the right state of mind. Right. You have to make sure that your risk profile accounts for that. They have, for have sure. to be able to freely give. Well, and freely given also covers... Not just being intoxicated, nope, but ma- being manipulated or coerced for some reason. That was the next thing. Now, that can be something kinky that we can play with. And, you know, like pretending you're saying no and all of that. So you have that's... to be careful to negotiate that in advance if that's what you want to play with. But that's not an okay place to start without negotiation. Yeah, that is that is part of... I mean, that's more a part of a role play. Mm-hmm. But you are right. One of the things that you have to understand if you're a, well, just if you're topping somebody, mm-hmm. uh, and I know this is supposed to be gender free, gender neutral, and I know that, but, but let's be honest, it's going to happen more often with a man topping a, a woman, is that the woman may be in a situation where she could be intimidated by the person. That she could be afraid of the person. Mm-hmm. She could just think it's unpredictable what the person might do. Just because she doesn't say no does not mean she's freely giving consent if she does not feel that she is able to. Well, I. She has to be. There has to be an environment. Again, we're talking about just the morals and ethics. I'm not talking some legal definition where she said yes. I'm off the hook, or if that's the case. What I'm saying is, mm-hmm. ethically, you have to create an environment as a dom. I must create an environment where you know that you can say no. You know you can call a safe word. You know when we negotiate that it is acceptable for you to draw your own lines. Mm-hmm. That's what freely given is. It's not yeah. just you being responsible for saying them. I have to make you feel mm-hmm. that you are able to. Right. And that's my responsibility ethically. Yeah, I've had this come up with me. Um, I was approaching somebody who had a particular kink skill. That's a very rare thing. Um, I've only seen it in public exhibition like twice. And so I wanted to do that thing. And I went to talk to them. And we did some basic negotiation about whether or not I would be physically able to do it. And at the end, we were both excited about it. That person told me, I'll only play with you if you're fully naked when we do it. Now, if there was some particular reason, like photography or something like that, I don't have a problem with that. I probably was going to be 
fully naked anyway. But now that it's being coerced, like, you're not going to play with me if I don't do it. Like, that was an automatic no for me. And so we, I never did. And so I still never have. <laughs> because, and that was, yeah, that was. That's manipulation. It, Outright manipulation. Like, you're going to withhold your king skill from me because I don't want to do it naked. Because you're not. If or you, because if, there was not going to be if any. If you have your own lines. Right. If there's, mm-hmm. And that and that's wrong, so I won't be playing with that person. And what's funny is, like you said, you the last thing you have a problem with is being naked. No, you, I'm an exhibitionist. I probably was gonna be like stripped out naked anyways, but as have, soon as it's like, we have never recorded a podcast where you were wearing clothing. <laughs> Welcome like, to the <laughs> behind that you broke the the facade here. We're not professionals in no, a well, <laughs> studio. Just, all right, so freely given mm-hmm. means free of coercion free and manipulation of coercion and with manipulation sound mind, right? And in a state of mind where you can make those decisions. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is reversible. Mm-hmm. Okay, reversible in the kink world is like well, the first obvious one is safe words. Obviously, safe words. Uh, it simply means consent. The does not matter the level of consent that is given. That consent exists up until and only until the moment the the bottom says stop. Well, um, yeah. Now, both does, people can say stop, but Well, yes. both people can say stop, but you're but when the top the top can doesn't have to say stop, they just stop. Mm-hmm. But the scene stops. This is no different than something that happens you you hear about this at you know, the, at the frat houses, or you hear about this at the date rape stories, and mm-hmm. you hear about this. Um, by the way, stories does not mean made up. I'm saying when people speak about things like that, mm-hmm. this there's this misconception that once the person consents, you get to follow this through to completion. Mm-hmm. No, the per, the person has a right to stop what's happening at any moment. Right. You argue with that, you're full of shit. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Consent is that's black and white. I've consented, and by the way, I can consent, or you as a bottom can consent to doing a whole scene. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you cannot change your mind. Right. That's what a safe word would be if you go too far. You shouldn't ha- have to safe word out. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the misunderstandings about safe words mm-hmm. is safe words are not necessary to stop a scene. Right. The reason for safe words, the... I think I don't know if it's the origin, but the the classic use of a safe word is when you're playing with non-consensual role plays. Mm-hmm. The idea is that a husband and wife, for example, want to do a rape fantasy where he's going to break into the house and he's going to rape her, and and she wants someone to break into the house and rape her, not in real life, but in the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so while he's doing it, she's saying no, 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 stop, and he keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then she says, no, seriously, I mean, stop. And he keeps going. She says, no, I'm telling you to stop. And he keeps going. And then afterwards, she says, what the fuck did, was that? I told you to stop. And he says, right, we are doing a rape fantasy. How could I have known what that meant? Well, you have a safe word. You say pineapple. Mm-hmm. It's a way of saying pineapple means this isn't part of the fantasy. Right. Okay. So so people get this mis, uh, misunderstanding 
that when you're doing a BDSM scene, you must say your safe word to stop. Right. The reality is stop means stop. Mm-hmm. Unless you've agreed that stop doesn't mean stop, you know, hey, stop what you're doing. It's hurting. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So you're doing a scene, you're, you're doing an impact scene, and, and you tell the person to stop what they're doing. Right. That's, unless you agree that stop means keep going, stop means stop. No means no. Right. I I most, most commonly prefer not to use a safe word. I use natural language because I'm communicating with whoever's playing with me at that time. If they're using an implement on me that I just don't like the feel of that time, I'm going to ask them to switch. It doesn't, I don't have to say, oh, yellow, I need a different implement. You know, like, it's just silly. I can just use my words because I'm a big girl and I'll tell you what I need. Well, just because you're a big girl, though, you could be in a state of mind where that could be more difficult. Right. And that So the safe words will exist, but I always negotiate use of natural language. Now, this is where this is imperative for a dom. I keep saying dom. Top. Mm-hmm. We always overlap those words. A lot of people do, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if you're listening, you know what I mean. The person say doing the impact, for example. Mm-hmm. This is where their actual your character could be tested mm-hmm. because the person gives consent, and you understand that it's reversible. But maybe because of the scene you're doing, they can get to a state where maybe they're nonverbal. They can't speak. Mm-hmm. Well, if they can't speak, they can't freely give consent. Well, they, they, they gave consent, but they can't, they don't have the ability to stop it. It's not reversible, so they can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And that is a position where the top, if they wanted to, could get away with it. It's a judgment call on your part. It's a mm-hmm. judgment call. But if you are a good human being and a good person, you're going to use your judgment. Mm-hmm. You're going you're going to stop the scene anyways and check in. The thing about the consent is you you aren't blowing the scene. If you're yeah. a dom, if you're a new dom, you're not blowing the scene if you stop and say, Hey, it's, are you are you are you I'm a little concerned, are you are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. And the person can't answer, you wait. Are you doing mm-hmm. okay? The person get, comes down a little bit and they say, Yes, I'm fine, keep going. Mm-hmm. You jump back in. You haven't you haven't broken the mood. Right. And rope tops do this all the time. And it's in. nonverbal, like, you, even sometimes. Like, they, you can definitely come up and say, you know, does everything feel good? Is the tension is right? But you can even just come over and squeeze a hand. And as long as you're getting, you know, good pressure back and you know what's, you know, within the range of normal for your bottom, then you're probably okay to keep going. Right. You've seen it in wrestling, right? The... What is he called? The referee? Yeah. The umpire? Whatever his name is. <laughs> he comes over and he's like, is this person really hurt? Or is this... Or is it make-believe? And right. they check, yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you've you communicated that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, reversible. I mean, in the simplest sense, it just means that just because you've consented, even if you have verbally consented to the entire scene, it does not mean you cannot change your mind. You can, however, mm-hmm. this is important, you can consent to going past stopping if you want to push past a certain point. It is perfectly acceptable to say, 
if I say stop, I would like you to keep going. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with that. I want to get to a place. I know I'm going to stop it. So I'm giving you consent before we start to go all the way to this place. But you are consenting with it's freely given. Mm -hmm. You are consenting with a clear a clear head. A, you know, you've right. negotiated this. It is acceptable. When you do that, I think you're still... I'm not suggesting people shouldn't do what they do. Mm -hmm. But that even that's a risky thing. Mm -hmm. Like... If you're playing with someone for the third time and they say they want to go past their safe word, right. I, I would recommend no. Right. <laughs> right? That's something that you can do with a long-term, loving, caring relationship where you know the person involved. You've, you've gone a little farther, a little farther, you've, further I should say, mm -hmm. and you've, you've learned them. So you can agree you can't agree ahead of time to have your consent violated mm -hmm. because that is still consent. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's still, a, it's a tricky area. Like you shouldn't, don't take this lightly. Mm -hmm. uh, if someone says just, <laughs> here, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, you know this story. Okay. But this is an example. Um, it's a true story. This was somebody that I met, I'm going to date myself a few years, but I was on Craigslist. <laughs> I was driving into town. Um, we met, we talked for about a day before on the phone, and we, we hit it off, but I, we were just still talking on the phone. No video chat even five years ago, right? Or very, you know, at least we didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting into town that morning, and she says, you know what, I'm at work. Here's my address. I left the door open for you because we already had plans. We were going to play that night. We, you know, we it wasn't really BDSM -y at anything. It was mm -hmm. just, it was just a someone to, I'm going to spend some time with when I'm in town. Mm -hmm. And you know, a quick aside, irrelevant to the story. When I show up there, she lives in this like beautiful, like huge house in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Like she met me off Craigslist. I'm a complete stranger. I go into her house and it's like, it's nice with paintings and electronics and all this like, and she's like, you just let some Craigslist guy into your house. Like <laughs> that was, that was weird. But anyways, no problem. So she, and, and all day long, she's at work. We're, we're texting on the phone, occasionally talking. She's at, she's doing some conference she's working mm -hmm. and she's telling me, Oh, you know, Hey, go ahead and do your laundry. There's food in the fridge. Make yourself at home in the bed. Here's the remote, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we're all they were chatting, but we're also talking about the sex that night. Mm -hmm. We're sexing each other about, oh, when you get home, I'm going to do this. Oh, when you get when I get home, I want you to do that. And um, she ended up working late, so it, she didn't get into like eleven o'clock at night. And right before she comes home, she um, no, she didn't text me. She's on the phone. She says to me, she said, "You know what?" She goes, "I got this really hot fantasy, and it'll work so much better because I really don't know you." Mm -hmm. She goes, I, this would really, really turn me on if you do this. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I'm all ears. I'm, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. And she said, what if I came home? By the way, we hadn't even talked about anything BDSME. Mm -hmm. It was just sexy. Oh, I want to suck on you or whatever. But mm -hmm. it, nothing, nothing. There was nothing kinky. It was very, mm -hmm. very vanilla sex chat. Okay. All right. So she says, she said, when I get home, I want you to be a burglar. And I want you to be going through my stuff in the bedroom. And I want to walk into the house and I want to accidentally surprise you while you're robbing the house. Mm -hmm. She goes, and then what I want to do 
is I want to scream and I want to run towards the door. She goes, and then I want you to chase me down, tackle me, beat the shit out of me, and rape the fuck out of me. And I went, no. <laughs> it's like, pack your bags and go get no, out before she gets home. Oh, my God. There, hey, that, yeah. that fantasy, I mean, in the vanilla world, you may be surprised. That is not an uncommon fantasy. I ran a sexual education site. Mm-hmm. That fantasy is not a... A weird fantasy. It's a very common fantasy, and a lot of couples who are together for a long time, even vanilla couples, will play with that fantasy mm-hmm. in a relationship. But with somebody you don't know, that is the, the someone so I don't right know. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. All that needed to happen was I go a little harder than she was expected. She gets pissed off at me. She calls the police, and she has bruises on her. Jesus Christ! I would be afraid to just even be there when she got home at this point because what if she calls the cops from outside and she's like there's a strange man in my house wow you know i didn't even think about that at the time because i ended up (laughs) i I didn't leave but we didn't do anything remotely like that no but but the whole point was is that is that it was that was in that was 100 percent consensual Mm -hmm. there was nothing non-consensual about that but because it played with consent Mm -hmm. i was risking literally my freedom had i had I pursued it. So I could play with consent, but not with someone that I just met. Right. That would be crazy. No, sure. All right. Um, informed. Consent should be informed. You should always know the risks of what you're doing. And that... That's negotiation. That's negotiation. And as far as like reversible, like if it starts to not be what you thought it was going to be, informed is not the same for everybody. So if you've gone to... An education session at a dungeon or on Zoom and you think you know everything about wax play and then all of a sudden you get burned. You might have thought you were informed, but now you're not. So reverse that consent, yes. you know. Well, we, we've told the story before about the first time you and I played with another woman and mm-hmm. you topped her while I was topping you. Right. And she was going to get together with us and we had... Talked to her on the phone a bunch, mm-hmm. but we had never met her in person, and we went ahead and booked an Airbnb for three days because mm-hmm. she was new to, to BDSM and new to being a submissive, and you're not going to learn anything about this in two hours. And so we we talked to her. We said, "How would you like to get together for like three days and just really figure this stuff out?" And she's like, "That would be so much fun. It'd be awesome." She comes over. We have dinner. We negotiated. For a couple hours. Mm-hmm. It, like literally several hours of discussing what was going to take place over the next three days. Mm-hmm. And just understanding what was okay and letting her know that it's okay to say no to this. Or, to, you know, you're not going to hurt our feelings if you don't want to do this. And, mm-hmm. and when this happens, how do we know that you mean that? That's what informed is. Yeah. And informed meant that when we actually got to play... There was no question about what was okay or wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of what was important about this is that we didn't do anything that hadn't been discussed. Right. So there was no question of, there was no chance of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like we had been very clear about the playground we were building. Right. What rides were in this playground and how it was going to go. That doesn't ruin the fun. No. It makes it more fun. Because then we know the rules by which we're playing under. 
And then we can just have a blast within there without any stress or anxiety. You know, the, probably the biggest part of all of it is that we let her know how easy it was to stop and to say no. Right. And, uh, in fact, remember, we even started with, I told you that one of the things, I just realized is we hadn't played with rope, you and I. Mm-hmm. The first time was with her, wasn't it? Yeah. Because we, cause we didn't know each other too well. Or we, we knew each other well, but had only been together in person for eight or, eight or ten days at this point. Mm-hmm. That I told you that one of the things I liked to do, you remember this? Mm-hmm. One of the things I liked to do was before, after, well, sorry, after our negotiation, before we did anything, we tied her up. And then as soon as she was tied up and I said, okay, so you can't get away. She's like, uh, uh-uh. like you can't move. Right. She's like, no. I said, okay, so you have no control. You're powerless right now. She said, yes. I said, what was your safe word? She said, red. And we untied her mm-hmm. immediately. And it was a way of showing her, like, I wanted to plant the idea in her head it is that easy to stop. Now, of course, she doesn't need a safe word. She could just say stop. Mm-hmm. But I, but that was informing her. That was allowing her to freely give consent because I even let her do a practice stop because mm-hmm. it was so important that she knows she can stop. There can't be any misunderstandings here in my right. book. Right, and we had talked about that the whole time, but, you know, safe words were like two hours ago. So now it's time to play and bring that back to the forefront of the mind you are informed the very first thing we did when we played on our three-day weekend the Mm -hmm. very first thing was put her in a position where she got to stop and showed her just how how immediate we untied everything Mm -hmm. and i think to me that the idea of that is to put her mind at ease Mm -hmm. because if she didn't get to do that we have her tied up she doesn't know that she can stop it yet. Right. She all she knows is that we told her that she the can potential stop it. is there that she can stop it. But but she doesn't know. She doesn't right. know us. We this is our first time playing with her. Mm-hmm. All right. Enthusiastic. Consent should be enthusiastic. Right now. On both sides. So yes, both of us, of the people in the scene or the multiple people in the scene, should all want to do this thing. Not doing it because eh, you kind of want to impress somebody, maybe, or you're, or you're taking one for the team. If right. you're, if your partner want wants you to do it, so you say yes. Like I don't think enthusiastic means high energy. It means that it's not, it's not. Well, here, perfect example. Hmm. The 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 husband shows up. With his wife because he really wants to see this thing done to his wife. And the top asks the wife, do you want to do this? And she looks over at him and he's all excited. She looks back and says, okay. Mm. Well, she just gave consent. Yeah. Like, I don't, again, this is where I don't think any law is broken at this point. Aside from the no battery thing. Mm -hmm. But no consent law has been broken because he asked her and she said yes. Mm -hmm. There was no gun to her head. But... If you have any morals or ethics whatsoever, you should look at that and say, she doesn't really want to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And 
that's a judgment call, but I think it's a, I think it's a good one. Um, I, I, I can tell you a story about one of your, um, potential tops who, who you didn't play with that I think was looking for enthusiastic in a sense, not necessarily again, enthusiasm, mm-hmm. um, but the one in Seattle, mm-hmm. the one in Seattle you had been talking to because you had saw his rope work on Instagram. You thought it would be fun. He mm-hmm. also was a photographer. Yeah. So you were excited to, to play within our polyamorous relationship and DS structure. You are welcome to meet people and play with them. Mm-hmm. And you had talked and you had told him that you had a partner that was okay with this. And he wanted to talk to me. Yeah. And he wanted to... Make sure that everything that you were, he was doing with you was okay with me. And I don't think it's because he was afraid I was going to actually say no. Pretty sure we're driving together, I'm driving you to Seattle, that I've given a yes. So I don't think he was questioning whether I was going to actually say yes to it. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to gauge my level of enthusiasm. Not enthusiasm, but was I really on board or was I just going along with it? Because there's drama, there's there's yeah. all sorts of problems to come with me not being okay with it but saying yes for some other reason. Right, and there's also checking that I'm not saying something because I'm trying to do it because you want me to do it. Like making sure that we're speaking the same yeah. words that this is actually the way that the relationship is structured. And, and he gave me, I mean, a, we had a very pleasant, fun conversation. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I noticed that I was getting the third degree. He was checking for consent. Mm-hmm. He wanted consent from you. He wanted consent from me. Yeah. And again, not for any legal reason, because you told him, yes, you're yeah. an adult. For, from any legal perspective, you're done at that point. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he didn't want more. Right. What about specific? Specific is a good one because in vanilla world that's like consent y- means sex. Consent <laughs> consenting to spe- specific sex though. Like just because I gave you a blowjob last time doesn't mean that's going to happen this time or just because we did Vaginal does not mean I consent to anal. It also means, like, when you consent to having sex with somebody, you negotiate barrier method or that there's some sort of birth control in place and you don't change your mind halfway through or, oops, it slipped out, you know, like, you have to follow through on that. But it's so much more risky in the BDSM world because specific consent for, I want you to hit me with that toy can be really, really different. Like, I can give a whip to three different people, and they're all going to hit you differently with it. That's, but that's a trickier consent because... It is. That's really subjective. What's not subjective is I consent to the cat of nine tails and the person pulls out a cane once you're tied up. Mm-hmm. Just because you consented to impact does not mean... That you You've consented to the cane. Part, right. Or does not mean you have consented to other parts of the body. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also, shocking to people outside this world, but you could be naked and tied up 
doing all sorts of fun impact does not mean you consent to sex or sexual behavior. Exactly. Uh, in fact, the the top in Seattle said specifically mm-hmm. that when talking to me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he mentioned it to you as well, but I wasn't in on that conversation. But he said to me, I would like to do sexual things with your partner. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is I want to use a vibrator on her. Mm-hmm. He says, I won't be using my penis, but I do want to touch her with my hand and my vibrator. Right. And that was incredibly specific. And as soon as he said that, if he tried to put his cock in your mouth, mm-hmm. that is not something that you consented to. Right. Now, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Take me out of the equation. You're single. Mm-hmm. You've, de- you've negotiated ahead of time that he's going to use his hand and the vibrator. In the middle of the scene, if he pulls his cock out and shoves it in your mouth, he's violated consent. Mm-hmm. Is it acceptable for him to ask you at that time, can I put my cock in your mouth? Not with me, it wouldn't be. I do not do mid-scene negotiations for anything. Okay. That's not a matter of, hey, I forgot to show you this other pity toy. Can I use it? Nope. Let's talk we'll about talk it. about it next time. We we talk about that all the time with our DS relationship. Mm-hmm. When we've negotiated something, we follow through with our power exchange, with the always the option to discuss later, but never at the moment. Right now, but if the person asks you, would that be a consent violation? The fact that they ask you. If they ask. Mid scene. Yeah. No, that's not a consent violation, but. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't consent. Okay. You would not. Now let me ask you this though. In yeah, in so, my eyes it's not a consent violation okay. at that point. I right, it's cuz you're simply asking somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not a consent violation, but let me ask you about a potential gray area. Okay. It's not a consent violation to ask someone mid-scene. But when they ask you, you're tied up, you're struggling, You've gone through a whole bunch of impact, and you're in some you're in a floaty space. Mm-hmm. At some point, is is it not is consent not freely given because of the state you're in? Yeah, okay, that's a, that's absolutely true. So the the asking is not automatically a consent violation. That's simply asking to do something. Mm-hmm. But the situation might dictate that some of these other criteria mm-hmm. are violated, right? Yeah. You know, the... Uh, Asking mid-scene would be, for sure, a possibly... What if the person that is the doing the scene... Or you wouldn't be informed enough because, like I said, if it's a new toy or something, you won't know how it feels because you've never tried it. Like a lot of times when I'm going to play with somebody, I'll have them do a test stroke. If it's something that I've never, never used before. So yeah, I wouldn't, I would never consent to something like that. And in the middle of a scene, I actually explicitly say that there won't be any changes to the negotiation during the scene. So, Mm. and like you said, that's part of our DS dynamic as well. Like even if in the process of what we're doing, something comes up, we we continue with the power exchange as it's negotiated and then readdress it later. Like, it's just not, 
yeah, make, I don't make operate scenes. like that. Right, and that, and it's I, too risky. I completely agree, and that's. By the way, plugging our podcast, the whole idea of the kink buffet, mm-hmm. the idea of a buffet is you don't have to get everything at once. You can always go back. It's a buffet. You can always go back for more. Mm-hmm. You don't need to negotiate something mid scene because it's the buffet. You can always go back next time to get that new plate filled. Right. And if nothing else, it's incentive to do it again. Because if you execute this scene well, I have no reason not to want more next time. So... Yeah, it's, it's actually... Yeah, you want more play partners to get yeah. more play. That's a strategy. Now, as far as being specific, how do you feel about putting things in writing? For what? Well, you're during negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh... To be specific, how do you feel about putting them in writing to clarify? Yeah, I've had um, play partners that have presented checklists and have like multi-page questionnaires that we go through during negotiations to make sure that everything gets covered. I I love that. That's that's a good thing. And then it gives you something to, like it's probably not going to stand up in a court of law if you end up in that world, but... It's a really good tool to use to make sure that you're covering all the bases, especially if there's anything, you know, like you should definitely ask medical questions and all that kind of stuff. Don't skip those things. And sometimes people get lazy because you've played with somebody a lot and it's consent is never automatic. So it's not. What's the word like? Just because it was okay last time doesn't mean it's not recurring. It's not automatically, we'll just pick up where we left off last time. Well, it's not automatic, but you mm-hmm. can agree that it will be. Right. Because within our relationship and our negotiated power dynamic, mm-hmm. you have consented in advance to certain things. Mm-hmm. And this is because you want to be used in that way. I don't mean used in a... A bad way. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, you want to be that partner. You want right. to be in that role. You enjoy the sex when you have been objectified. You enjoy the sex when it is spontaneous. You enjoy the sex right. when you you want to be. You you like the service aspect. So it's of it. negotiated as a reversible. Like this is in place until unless told for, otherwise. Yeah, unless for some reason. At some point, our relationship fell apart. Then we would reverse that piece of it. Otherwise, the way it doesn't it's have there. it doesn't have to mean that the, the relationship's falling apart. It means you could reverse it right now, mm-hmm. and then we would decide. I would decide if I want to be with you with that new dynamic. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you get to decide that, not me. Right. You know, I'm as a dom in a power exchange relationship. I have complete control over these things we've agreed to up until that moment when you say I don't have control anymore. Mm-hmm. In which, at which point, that control is gone. Right. Correct? Mm-hmm. You know, they always say the, the bottom actually has the ultimate power. I always like to think that it's they both have power because I can also walk away from the relationship too. Well, sure. And so, but at the very least, the bottom or the submissive has equal power in the relationship, they they yield power at a time, but it's their choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, we 
we play with safe words. Mm-hmm. We use the yellow and red method. Yeah. Um, explain the difference between um, yellow and red. Well, for us, yellow means pause or change. Just reassess. Reassess what's going on. Doesn't mean that everything has to stop. That's what red is. Red is immediate, hard stop. I can't do this anymore. Move directly to aftercare because we're done. And what we have negotiated and what you like is that yellow typically means you're going to slow down or stop. But there is the flexibility for me to choose not to. Right. Or whoever is topping you. It's not just me. Any top you have, when you use yellow, if they choose to keep going past yellow, if, if it's something as simple as impact, you're being hit with an object on your ass and it's hurting so much, you typically wouldn't say red. Mm-hmm. You typically say yellow, but yellow means stop. With the top having the freedom to disregard. Mm-hmm. Because you've, you have consented to them having the decision, I think we're going to go a little farther this time. Because, explain this, because you find it enjoyable to be taken past your limits at times, past your yellow limit. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Now, when you say red... That's all it's, over. It mm-hmm. is instant stop. Mm-hmm. If you're tied up, you're being untied. If you... So if that top chooses to keep going, and I really meant, no, that's it. Then it's an immediate next red. So it's immediate. You don't know there. No, no, no. There is no next red though. No, like if I say yellow and they keep going, they keep going because it's still on the table of. Mm, you kind of like it when I do more, so maybe one more hit. Yeah. And then, then that one was. When, yeah, that one really far, set me off, then it's immediate red. Have we ever played even one second past red? No. Ever? Never. The The problem with violating that consent is that if I do that, I will never have your trust again. Mm-hmm. The thing about a safe word is you have to have the confidence that that safe word isn't 100% effective 100% of the time. It cannot mostly be effective. Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't matter what we're doing. I could be two seconds away from coming, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to come later. Like, we're stopping what we're doing. It does mm-hmm. not matter, period. Right. Um, that's it. Yep. And, again, that's, that's about being specific. It's mm-hmm. about being clear about what these things. Yeah. About and, what these things mean. and we talk about that about when you're negotiating things you have to be explicit in your negotiation like you have to say I want you to use this thing on me but you have to know how that affects you so it's not just a matter of you have carte blanche with this cane do whatever you want you know if you don't want to be hit on your tits then you need to say that you need to know how that person uses a cane if they're going to take the cane and poke you in the in the side with it you know you need to know that that's on the table but that's where informed and freely given come into play right because 
It's part of the negotiation I, process. But I have a responsibility to let you know that it is okay to tell me those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't stress this enough. I mean, the, the, the dom has a responsibility for getting these things out of their submissive because many submissives, just by the nature of the role that they're in or the role they want to be, aren't always forthcoming with this information. Mm-hmm. They may be submissives because they don't feel like they have a voice, mm-hmm. right? Which is, that's not what BDSM is about. It's it, it, not at all, but no. it, it doesn't change the fact that people who come from that place might show up in our community in the submissive role mm-hmm. because they've been beaten down, because they've been marginalized, because they've been in that way. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea is when they show up in this community is that we want to build them up and and give them a voice. We right. want them to be strong. I mean, there's nothing sexy about making a weak person submit. Right. It's sexy when a strong person does. When a strong person who won't submit to everybody submits to you, there you go. Mm-hmm. That feels, that makes you feel handsome or charming or smooth or like that makes you feel strong. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody that just a doormat who submits to everybody. By the way, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that if that's the role that turns you on. Mm-hmm. That it just means that you should know that you have a, a voice. Well, and it's something fun that you can play with because I've played with some sadists that are some tricky motherfuckers. And they'll, <laughs> they will do things to you that you haven't thought of can, is possible with that toy. So you need to be really explicit on your negotiations and specific about how is this going to be used on me? What is exactly the possibilities? And if, you know, like, and we did that. We talked about that on the fear um, episode. Like, I want you to scare me. Does that mean that you can pull my fingernails out with pliers? No, <laughs> that would be really, really scary. But that's not that's not what that's I not, want. That's not what we're going for. So be specific, and and that solves it. Yeah, and this is the dance, though. This is where I mean, we're playing with things here. Mm-hmm. You know, like you cannot you cannot play in this space when you water it down to a point where there's no flexibility and creativity and fun and surprises and mm-hmm. like it. Like, it's not about that. It's not about making it conform to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's just the spirit of, of like, what is consent? Well, again, it's, I, I like this. It's, like, these are really good. Yeah. So, what about consent violators? What, what like, they exist in... Like everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. All right. In, in, the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, people can play with consent violators. Can, I mean, well, first off, that they're probably, not always, but mm-hmm. they're probably going to be more likely to take advantage of people who are new to the community. Right. Because they don't know what rights they have or what they're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, how many times have we seen a woman post on... Uh, a fetish app who mm-hmm. says, "Hey, I'm a brand new submissive. anybody Anybody want to show me the ropes? Wink, wink." Mm-hmm. And what what do we do? You message we, them right away. We message like, them right please away. Please don't do that. And Take yeah, me. we message them and say, "Look, you're looking. You know, you're 19 years old. You're looking for someone between, 
you know, 21 and 25 years old. Okay, we're 51 and 41. We're not trying to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Please call us. Right. Because you are setting yourself up to be... To you are attracting... Predators. Predators, and you don't even know it. And the predators you are attracting are probably not part of our community. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. They are people who are going to lie and they're going to manipulate about what this is. They've they've watched Fifty Shades. <laughs> or something or else. Or something else. Mm-hmm. And you are, you, you know, you're a new submissive. You're aroused at the thought of being controlled. You're aroused at the thought of some physical pain. You're aroused at the thought of bondage. And the thought of ropes turns you on. The, the, the serving, like all these things are turning you on. Mm-hmm. Like that's why you're finding our community. And then next thing you know, you'll get with somebody who tells you, Oh, well you can have all those things, but here's the way, this is how it works. This is what comes with it. Mm-hmm. That person might be full of shit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to a dungeon and you meet someone with a good reputation, highly likely if they're an active, respected member of the community, they're going to give you good information. Right. More than likely. Right. Mm hmm. All right, you meet someone on Tinder yeah. that isn't part of our community. Yeah. yeah. I'll tie you up and pull your hair. Yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. a lot more that you didn't sign up for. You also might meet someone not part of the community who turns out to be the best dom you ever had and is, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's not good people out there. It's just you're vulnerable when you do this. Right. So you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But, we, yeah, we write them and we say, please please call us mm-hmm. and we try to explain there's protocols in place and we just help walk through and that we've done, we've done podcasts about how to find a good dom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, now we can just point them to one of our episodes say, mm-hmm. please for, for your own safety, just listen to this 40 minutes. Right. We're not experts, but we're going to cover the basics. If, if you follow what we say and hopefully keep you from getting victimized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're also, we're not geniuses. Nothing we say as far as protocol to pro- to protect you from consent violation, I don't think we've come up with a single one of these on our own, have we? No. These are all part of the community. These are all established things that people have found when they do these things, they have fun, and when they are lax in these areas and don't follow these protocol, that's where the bad experiences come from. Yeah. Right? So, you have to not be vulnerable you have to find someone that's going to be looking out for you as well mm-hmm. and know how to make your own so, own boundaries and stick to them right so the consent violators aren't going to be typically respected members of this community um what do you do if you feel like your consent has been violated well if it's it, with it with it okay is it legal or is it not if it's legal i don't even want to give that advice because i mean it People always give the advice about going to the police and the person that had it happen to them says it's not that easy mm-hmm. because they face embarrassment and humiliation and, and shame. And like, I've ne- I can't put myself in that position. So yeah. I, I, I can't even speak on that. But within our community, what would be the process if you feel like, hey, I was playing with a dom and I told him... I don't want any canes brought out. And when I was tied up, he was started hitting me with a cane. And we were clear. Like, what do you, when, if that happens? Well, I would first check it with 
mentors. If you have mentors or get on a group with other people on your side of the slash and check with it. I mean, consent can be violated from the bottom, too. So if a top feels like the consent was violated because the bottom didn't disclose something, you know, like, that's that's legit. So check it with your There's, peers. Yeah, I would say, and this is not discouraging somebody. To, let's be very clear about this. I am not trying to silence someone who's had their consent violated. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is, if you're new to the community and you think that may have happened, before you out somebody and harm someone else, because there may be misunderstandings here. Mm-hmm. If it turns out there was no misunderstandings, I'm not telling you to keep your mouth shut. Don't, do not misunderstand this. Because mm-hmm. people who have had consent violated have been marginalized throughout history. Right. And that is not what I'm saying. But... If you're new and you went through a negotiation, but you didn't understand what at what point you were supposed to speak up or what that question meant or what they meant when they said this toy and there was a miscommunication, you may feel something that was that was a misunderstanding. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you should definitely bring that up so you, in a post-scene check-in. A post-scene check-in. aftercare if Bring you're it in up that, to the person you're yeah, with. Talk to, talk talk to your to the, play person. Talk to your play partner first because mm-hmm. the very first thing, if they, if there was something that was misunderstood, mm-hmm. they're not going to have a problem with you bringing it up. The, the, the first thing they're going to want to do is go, whoa, we need to, let's, let's iron this out because right. this is not how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk this out. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in a moderator. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. and and you can speak to people privately within the community. Mm-hmm. Again, not telling you to be silent. Mm-hmm. Speak to someone. If you're at a dungeon mm-hmm. and something didn't feel right, there are moderators. Mm-hmm. Dungeon monitors. The monitors. The group leaders. Monitors. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to them. Again, Somebody who has a good reputation in the community, it does not mean that they are not capable of doing wrong things. Right. But typically, in my experience, they don't. Yeah. They, they, their they, miscommunications or their mistakes, because we're human. It, human. And that, that, but that, if you feel like they're gaslighting you and they're saying that you're not seeing that right at all. That didn't happen. I don't do that. You know, then, then you've got problems and you need to take it up with you. Take it up to the next step. Mm -hmm. What I will tell you is you're not going to be dismissed within the community. You're not going to be, Oh, they have a good reputation and your, your voice doesn't count. Mm -hmm. All right. You, you're, you're going to be heard. No, a responsible community is self-regulating. It's self-regulating. They don't, they need to make sure that this, um, so yeah, don't be silent. Mm-hmm. By any stretch, but it it means don't go. I don't think you should. If, if you're confused, don't go posting to a board publicly because there's like I'm, I mean I'm not. God, I just I hate I hate to even say these words because it's like it's so dangerous when people think you might be siding with, not siding with the victim. Right. Right. But do you feel like I'm being clear about this? No. Yeah. You. Should, it's. It's like, reasonable. It's to reasonable. Have a conversation. Have with... a private conversation, and if you feel, if you still feel like this isn't where you want it, I support you going public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, but follow a process to get there. Mm-hmm. A process where we are open minded mm-hmm. to 
misunderstanding a world that is fucking weird and different. If you're from outside this world, it is. There are things that are just different, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that that those are are those are communicated, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And when someone has, when someone has this happen and they are viewed as a consent violator, I'm going to take one more side on the non-victim side for just one split second, please. Don't get mad at me. Again, I tread very lightly about this. But if somebody has a good reputation and I hear one thing, I will reserve judgment. Mm -hmm. Because jumping to a conclusion, I'm so sorry to say this, but as as many times as, as victims have been marginalized and not believed, there are also people who say things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. There are people that seek out revenge. There are people who have their feelings hurt. They've been wronged and they're going to take it out on the person. That also exists. Mm-hmm. And I do not think it's fair to automatically form judgment on either side if, if you weren't there. Mm-hmm. All you know is one person accused of something, one person has been accused. You don't know anything yet as an observer which of these things have, have happened. Right. Now... If it happens again from somebody else, if it happens again from somebody else, you see a pattern of behavior, I think you can start to... Dig deeper. You can start to dig deeper mm-hmm. and, and your opinions start to get formed because you're weighing the evidence of that. Mm-hmm. But one person or two people for someone who has a lifetime of a good reputation, I don't know. I mean, right. I mean people get emotional. People develop feelings. People feel slighted. It's just, this is the reality of the world. And you're playing with an area where I just think you want to reserve judgment because. Right. Well, and and, and, that's why you take it to group leadership if you hear about those things. Because then they can tell you about whether or not that seems out of character or something like that. Yeah, that doesn't seem like them. Like yeah. I, like some of the group leaders have played with this person and, and they mm. say, let's try to dig deeper on that. And, mm-hmm. and again, I'll say this for the eighth time, this is not blaming the victim or saying the victim shouldn't, when something wrong has happened to you, you shouldn't have a say in a platform. You, you should. It's just... You know, it's 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 tough because you see, especially now, it's like so many people, and it's one of the best things to happen to our society is that so many people, especially women, have a voice now against wrongs that have been done to them, mm-hmm. and they have a voice now that that they never had before, and it's an amazingly awesome thing. I mean, we're getting rid of some fucked up people in this world, yeah, because women have a voice and are able to speak out. That's such a, like, I mean, it, that's that's such a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that every single person that speaks out. Yeah. We have people human. Mm-hmm. And people will take advantage of the fact well, that they Well, and it feels also. very real sometimes. You know, like, sometimes you just didn't see it the way that it happened because you were so close to it. And talking to a fellow person might help you to see it a different way too so don't I mean unless you've really checked it don't tar and feather somebody as the gut reaction I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah Yeah. 
I hope we made that clear on that one. Yeah. That's such a dangerous area to talk about. Yeah. But that's the nice thing about a long-form podcast. We don't have a soundbite where we can get misquoted. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think something we said didn't feel good, listen to at least the last entire 10 minutes <laughs> where we say 20 times, you have a voice, we want you to speak out. We, yes. You, you are not allowed to have your consent violated. Mm-hmm. That's period. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's, uh, what about CNC? (laughs) Okay, so now let's talk about one of the categories of sex play, which is consensual non-consent. Yeah. That seems to contradict, but CNC is not a really obscure niche category of play. Right. It is a very common area of play. Mm -hmm. So what is consensual non-consent? Well, we called just, CNC. We well, talked about it. Yeah, we just kind of alluded to that even vanilla couples play with rape fantasies. Um, but that can also play out in blackmail and all blackmail kinds fantasies of or a ways. role play where you're. Yeah, blackmail is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even make the argument that if you're doing a role play with a prostitution fantasy where the prostitute is desperate for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, legally she consented because she's an adult who said yes, but mm-hmm. her consent really wasn't freely given. And Well, I guess that's not true. It was freely given, mm-hmm. but it still has elements of that to it if you're manipulating her. Right. Um, but consensual non-consent means the other person is aroused by this. Mm-hmm. They're aroused by the fact that they have been manipulated or they're aroused by the fact that they were taken against their will. Mm -hmm. That's a common thing. Now, again, I know we alluded to it earlier, but we didn't talk about it as a category. Right. That's a category. And I think the, the Fry's model of consent can be negotiated into all of that as well. Like, because you're playing with that thing with consent as the the stimulus, I guess, for lack of a, of a better word, you still have the ability and the, you know, just because you're giving consent to go further does not mean that you can't revoke it. You can't do it under, like, manipulation or coercion. Like, if... I wanted you to play out a fantasy with me and you don't want to do it. You're not enthusiastic about it. Don't do it. Like the story you just told about the the lady that you met. Like yeah. there's there's ways to play with those things, but you have to specifically negotiate for it. Yeah, so. and that goes back to being specific. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about negotiation a lot, but negotiation is kind of the key to all this right i mean it really is it's you're clarifying ahead of time these things and at that point everything is a go as long as you stay within what you agreed to Mm -hmm. but the bottom always has the trump card to stop it anyways Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to and yep and to make those plans before anything before you're in the heat of the moment, before the clothes come come off, before you're in a compromised situation, talk about it before that. I've even met people in public places to do negotiations because I'm not going to go to somebody's 
house and talk about it first, you know, because I'm already in their space. So, right. you know. I, see, I have another non-consensual story. Mm-hmm. I'll, again, this is, I do not believe any legal consent was violated here. But I watched something that did not feel consensual that didn't make me feel good at all. Hmm. Um, I've told you this story. Uh, the first time I ever went to um, a convention. Oh. To the, oh, remember I told you? Yeah, yeah you know I know going. which one you're talking about. Yep, so I went to an open play space. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had a chance to go to something like this, it's really fun. So much fun. Because it's, it's uh, it was... Uh, Thunder in the Rockies, mm. which is a big one. Yeah, it's it's like three days and all day long. There's classes and seminars and there's people selling their wares. A lot of it is educational. They even had a comedy show from Ouchie the Clown, which is the best clown name ever. Who did? Uh, you know, like clowns. Except clown. It was a masochistic clown that called Ouchie the Clown, right? Um, but everything about this was was just fun, and you're networking, and you're hanging out, and you're you're sitting at the hotel lobby. Joining people for meals and socializing. Okay, so that's a normal convention. Except we didn't have any last year. But with COVID, yes, so. in, yes, but as but what they would do, the part of the convention that makes it different than when the real estate brokers of America get together <laughs> or whatever, is that they have a huge open play space for playtime at night, mm-hmm. and. It's a, it was a huge open room, and you had to get past security. They made sure you, like, you, you didn't have phones with you because you couldn't take pictures. It, it was, you know, checking your ID to make sure you're of age. But when you go back to this play space, anybody that wanted to, I'm not even sure they charged for this. Anybody that wanted to got a, either like a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 20 space. I think whatever you wanted, that was your space. And what you do in that space... It's this huge room, so there's there were dozens and dozens, you know, thirty or forty different people playing. Uh-huh. But what you do in that space, for all intents and purposes, is you're doing the thing that you do with your partner in their own home, or that you do in in a in a play space with someone you play with. Uh-huh. And so you have one person who's tied to a chair being spanked, and then you have another person who's having some really sophisticated rope bondage, you know, being suspended on a hoist. Mm-hmm. And then there's another play space where this fetish is taking place or that fetish is taking place. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because, number one, you get to actually do this thing that you probably don't want any of your friends or coworkers or family to know about. So it's this private thing that you get to now do in a public setting where no one's going to shame you for it or judge you for it. Like if, it's almost like coming out of the closet for some people, I think, mm. when they get to play publicly. Because in the real world, oh my God, don't let anybody find out this weird thing you and your partner do, right? <laughs> and for the exhibitionists in the crowd, the we exhi- just get off the, on it. The so. exhibitionists just want to watch. <laughs> but everybody playing, for the most part, is open to someone asking them questions. So you're networking with other people that are into your, into your fetish, and people just have questions because they're curious about it. And they're like, hey, that looks like fun. How do you get, where did you buy that? And, you know, it's it's the full gamut. And it's mm-hmm. just this great open where everybody's just, their sexuality and their kinks are on display. Mm-hmm. So there was some pretty intense stuff going on. 
Mm-hmm. You've been to enough public spaces. Yeah. It can get intense. You got people doing stuff with needles mm-hmm. that, unless you love needles, you don't want to see. I I saw at that first show I saw people putting hooks through their skin, and I don't mean fish hooks. I mean big old thick hooks and being tied to ropes and being swung around. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw um, one woman who actually was sitting in a on a chair. She's just wearing nothing but her bottoms, and she's sitting on not a chair on a stool in a little kiddie pool. Mm-hmm. And a woman standing behind her was wearing nothing but bottoms either, and she was using a razor blade to carve on her back, mm-hmm. to carve a picture on her back, doing carving. And the kiddie pool was because it was incredibly bloody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I, I, to me, I'm not into that. It wasn't sexy, but it was fascinating to watch. I love watching that stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. watching it. It was just interesting yeah. to watch. So here's some all this really, really intense stuff mm-hmm. going on. And one of the things I saw was this woman and a man, and he was just covering her with her naked, she was standing there naked, covering her with clothespins. Mm-hmm. And it's consensual, they're adults, they're there. Mm-hmm. But I looked at her, and my first thought was, she's abused. Now, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to judge them, I can't, maybe I'm completely wrong, but the feeling I got from them was that she didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. She was probably like afraid of him. Mm. She, it, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, what, my gut told me that was non-consensual. Well, well, we're surrounded by way more heavy, painful, intense stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I just kept walking by them and just nothing about it felt good. The enthusiastic part of well, the consent, or it doesn't have to like enthusiasm could be during the negotiation part. The person could be like a zombie when it's actually happened. It doesn't mean they're not enthusiastic about mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. No, it was just it was just a gut feeling. The same way when someone talks to you, you don't trust them, mm-hmm. or someone else, you know, just looks over at you and smiles, and you realize that. You could trust that person with your life. Like, you just, you get a gut feeling from people. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not judging their right to do this. They're grown-up adults. Mm -hmm. But it didn't feel consensual. It didn't feel, I didn't know what I didn't like about it. Just, I just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I realized eventually that, that that's what it was is, by the way, even if it was fully consensual, I'm not just saying it wasn't. I'm saying that I felt it wasn't. So therefore, because that's how it seemed to me, mm-hmm. it didn't feel good. Yet, I don't think she said no. Yeah. She wasn't pleading with people to make him stop. Mm-hmm. It just it seemed like she was being manipulated. She seemed like in an abused situation. It seemed like somebody who never wanted to be put up on display in front of a bunch of people. She wasn't getting off on the humiliation. Mm-hmm. She was in a, in a relationship where she didn't feel like she could say no. Mm-hmm. And I got all this without her saying a word. So <laughs> I could be completely full of shit. But the point is, is that consensual didn't mean, or non-consent to me didn't mean she said no. Mm-hmm. It means it wasn't right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah. Based on nothing. <laughs> I could be totally wrong. 
for all I know, she she's the one who talked him into coming and doing a tour, and, and I'm just full of shit. Well, I'm. It's it's a hard. <laughs> It's a hard place to be when you see stuff like that, too. I've seen scenes get interrupted because a rope top who knows their bottom allows a limb to get a little too purple for the audience or something like that. Like, if they know their partner and there's communication going on, like, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell what to do, so. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. I, I am still of the opinion... That she is a grown adult mm-hmm. and can make decisions for herself. I don't think because she's a woman she's incapable of being strong mm-hmm. or independent or these things. So I don't, I would never tell anybody else they can't make those choices for themselves. Mm-hmm. I just know how it made me feel. Yeah. And that's that's all it was. So anything else about? About consent. I think we got it. So if you have opinions about this episode, please feel free to send us an email at kinkbuffet at gmail.com or reach out to us on our social media. All of the contacts are on kinkbuffet.com. And by all means, like I always say, please tell us if you think we're wrong. I mean, I want to hear from people who say that I'm wrong. I'm open to being wrong. Mm-hmm. Or I'm open to reevaluating every single opinion I have share yeah tell me tell me that i didn't get it right and and i'm not going to dismiss you because it disagrees with me i'm going to listen to what you say we may even bat it around on a future podcast Mm -hmm. and we will validate your opinion and then may or may not conclude we agree with you but that's okay but we will consider it Mm -hmm. until next time bye